It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Rich Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, many of Georgia's kids became especially vulnerable last March when schools closed because of the pandemic. Families were left struggling to feed their children. And with many parents out of work, it's likely that more kids, as many as one in four, may face hunger in the months ahead, especially when school is out for the summer. DECAL's Summer Food Service Program is one solution that helps children get the nutrition they need. And Commissioner, this program benefits the whole community by closing the food insecurity gap and providing local economies with federal reimbursement funds. It does. Uh, the Summer Food Service Program is an incredible uh, program that a lot of folks are surprised that DECAL actually administers. And they're even more surprised when we talk about the millions and millions of meals that are able to be served in local communities for uh, school-aged children, especially when they're out of school. So it, it does an incredible um, thing for children and families in the summer and has really done even more incredible things during the pandemic. Wow, yeah, we had no idea uh, how we would call upon the summer food service program and how long summer could last in a pandemic. It's gone for a while. So joining us to talk uh, about how nutrition is uh, ensuring Georgia's kids will have access to meals and snacks this summer is Tamika Boone, Director of Nutrition Services, and Cindy Kicklider, Manager of Marketing and Outreach. Ladies, welcome back to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Rich. So the Summer Food Service Program provides millions of healthy meals and snacks to help alleviate child food insecurity in Georgia. Tamika, how does the program work? Give our listeners a, a brief overview. Sure, Reg. And first, I want to thank you and the commissioner for having us to talk about the Summer Food Service Program. It's a program that we find has a lot of value, and we look for any opportunity to share information um, about the program. Um, so, yeah, a quick overview. It's federally funded. It's funded by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, and it basically is aimed at ensuring that children continue to have access to healthy meals and snacks when school is not in session. And even during unanticipated school closures like we experienced last year. And so basically children are used to having those healthy meals and snacks when they're in school and when school is out, that's when this summer food service program becomes really important because it goes to, it helps to bridge the gap to ensure that they still continue to have access to those meals. So um, while it's federally funded, it is administered by DECAL's Nutrition Services Division. And we partner with our program operator, operators, what we call sponsors. And those sponsors are actually out there serving those free and healthy meals and snacks in primarily low-income low areas. And DECAL is responsible for issuing those reimbursement payments to those sponsors. So Tamika, we know the Summer Food Service Program played a critical role in feeding kids throughout the pandemic. Traditionally, we think about the program obviously operating during the summer, hence the name. But last year, when schools closed unexpectedly, sponsors stepped up to feed the most vulnerable. What kind of impact do you think these organizations made? Well, we feel they've had a tremendous impact. I mean, sponsors immediately started serving meals in March of last year. Many of them are still serving meals to this day. And so because of that, families can still find a list of the meal sites that are still operating across the state. The list is organized by county. 
and it can be found on our nutrition services webpage. If you look under the COVID-19 menu, there's a list there that has all the current sites that are serving meals, and we update that list weekly so families can have access to you know, current information. Uh, but just to paint the picture a little bit, from March through December of last year, the Summer Food Service Program served over 11.6 million meals and snacks across the state of Georgia. And so that was with us partnering with 66 sponsoring organizations. They were operating over 1,600 sites across the state and operating in over 80 counties in Georgia. So, I mean, this just really demonstrates the huge impact that the Summer Food Service Program can have in the state. Yeah, don't miss that number. 11 million meals and snacks served March through December. That's incredible. Um, so during the pandemic, a lot of children lost access to free or reduced priced meals. And when you add in high unemployment to the mix, you get the perfect storm of severe economic hardship plus food insecurity. So Tamika, how has this impacted families here in Georgia? Yeah, unfortunately, Reg, it's exactly what you said. It really was a perfect storm. Um, you know, families are just having to make some tough decisions. They're struggling to make ends meet and what nutrition services and decal as a whole absolutely doesn't want is one of those tough decisions to be how they're gonna feed their children. And so I think we've all seen the lines of cars, uh, you know, waiting to pick up food from meal sites and from food banks, schools and churches. Um, in fact, Feeding America, which is a network of food banks, they're estimating that the total population of children in Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, among the total population, the child food insecurity rate has increased by 39% since 2018. So when you hear stats like that, that's how we know that it's critical that we offer summer food sites in as many areas as we can to address some of those economic hardships that you mentioned, Reg. That is a significant increase in only two years, uh, for sure. Are there specific counties that have a higher food insecurity rate or is this a statewide issue? Well, unfortunately, food insecurity is definitely a statewide issue, um, but there are specific counties that have a higher food insecurity rate than others. Um, there are several counties that we've identified that has a child food insecurity rate that's greater than 30%, which is really alarming in the state. And so while we want a meal site in every county, unfortunately, there were 78 counties that did not have a summer food service meal site last summer. And so we are definitely going to be working to recruit sponsors and sites statewide this year. But specifically, we're going to be focusing on nine counties that not only did they not have a summer food meal site last year, they had a food insecurity rate that was greater than 30 percent. So we feel that in these counties, the summer food service program can have the greatest impact. And those nine counties, um, just for the listeners to know, are Dooley County, Hancock, Pulaski, Quitman, Screven, Stewart, Tolliver, Telfair, and Turner counties. So we're definitely going to be um, doing some extra outreach and try to ensure that we meet the needs in those nine counties. Mm. So Cindy, um, as Tamika said, the success of summer meals relies heavily on the number of sponsors that operate meal sites throughout the state. I know the nutrition team is preparing for the summer season and you're searching for organizations to provide meals in all areas of the state, but especially those counties we just mentioned with high child food insecurity rates. What types of organizations qualify to participate in the program? 
Yes, Reg, we are searching for eligible nonprofit organizations to participate this summer. We are looking for partners in large metro areas, medium-sized cities, small towns, and especially rural counties who are able to identify the areas of need and then who are willing to serve the meals to the children. There are several types of organizations that are eligible to be sponsors. They include schools, units of government, nonprofit camps, nonprofit universities or colleges, and also just nonprofit organizations. Just to give you an idea, we typically work with organizations like the Boys and Girls Clubs, YMCAs, Parks and Recs Departments, the Board of Commissioners, summer camps and schools. Cindy, what other requirements are organizations required to meet to be considered eligible? Well, I mean, there are a few eligibility requirements. As I mentioned before, uh, the organization must be nonprofit. So they have to have an active 501c3. And they also have to provide year-round services to the community for a minimum of 12 months. Essentially, these organizations are responsible for operating a meal service program. So they also have to be financially viable. And that means that they have to have the funding to operate the program. And then they have to be administratively capable. And that just means they have to have the staff support to run the program as it is intended. So I say this every time we talk about the Summer Food Service Program, and it's that there are organizations out there that are looking for something good to do in the community. They just don't know what that is yet. And I think this is an opportunity to sort of marry them, partner them with Summer Food Service. And, and so, Cindy, if someone's listening, they're in an organization, they want to learn more about the Summer Food Service Program, you guys have a virtual event coming up on February the 16th. Tell us about that and who should attend. Yes, we are hosting a virtual summit on Tuesday, February 16th at 10 a.m. It is open to anyone who's interested in learning more about the program, how it works, and also how to apply for it. During the summit, we're also gonna have a few of our experienced sponsors and they're gonna share their best practices and in their experience with the program. And that's gonna be very beneficial to anyone who's a potential sponsor. And then finally, we're going to address some of the frequently asked questions that we often get. And how can they register for the summit? Uh, who do they need to contact? Well, there are several ways to register. One way is to email the marketing department at sfsp at decal.ga.gov. That's sfsp at decal.ga.gov. We will send you a link and you can register or you can visit Decal's Facebook page or Decal's website. You can search for SFSP Summit and then you will find a link to register directly there. That is excellent. Tamika, any uh, last words uh, from you for potential sponsors? Any encouragement you might give them? I know you're always uh, a great spokesperson for the organization and, um, and encourage folks uh, in, in a live setting. I know you'll do it again at the virtual setting, but what would you say to, to folks out there who might be considering? Well, I, I would say first, it definitely can be sometimes a little scary to jump out and jump into a new federal program when you aren't accustomed to it. So we have lots of testimonials that we are sharing out on our social media. So you can hear it live from actual program, current program operators, and you can hear about the value that they feel the program um, brings into their communities. And so I would encourage any organizations that are interested or even just thinking about it to check out those testimonials because you'll see people who are organizations that are like yours 
that are successfully operating the program and can share with you some of the um, the, the positive aspects and, and, the, and the value that it brings to the communities. You know, I'm convinced that people really do want to make a difference in their communities, but they, they want it to have an impact uh, and they want someone to kind of walk them through the process. That's why you guys are here. Um, you don't just throw them out there and say, good luck. You're actually there <laughs> to assist them. You give them training. All of that is uh, included. Absolutely. We, we want these organizations to be successful because if they're successful, that means that children are getting access to healthy meals in the community. And that's the end goal for us all. Right. So we definitely provide extensive training, um, onboarding, as well as continuous training once they're on the program. And so we have specific technical assistance coordinators that are assigned to organizations to ensure that they can get their questions answered and can feel comfortable in their operation of the program. So we definitely don't um, just throw them out there. We want them to be successful and, and, and always encourage them to use us as a resource. So they just aren't out there on their own. Yeah. You know, before we wrap up and, and Commissioner, I know you've talked about this uh, several times. We really do want to thank the sponsors who have extended uh, well beyond the normal expectations uh, their participation in summer food service in helping us during the pandemic. It's really been incredible. Yeah, it has been. I mean, just by the millions of meals that they've been able to serve, I would say on our behalf and USDA's behalf, um, we appreciate them stepping up and serving meals to children when they had no other where to get their nowhere else to get their meal at that point when everyone was caught off guard by the pandemic. And uh, we're, we're always looking for more sponsors. We would love to to see a sponsor in every county. I know that's a really, really big goal. And we're focusing first on those that um, need it the most. Um, but it's not about, and I say this often too, it's not about the lack of food. It's about the lack of access. And to make that possible, we've got to have sponsors um, to help us do that. And Tamika, you know, the federal government has really proven to be pretty flexible, USDA, uh, through these uncharted waters um, in helping you guys continue to serve meals. Well, absolutely. So the program's rules uh, were definitely relaxed in light of the pandemic and, and rightfully so because um, USDA realized that there was a need to ensure that meals and as many as possible were served out in the communities, but they still wanted to make sure that um, the sites were safe. And so there are a lot of um, waivers is what USDA calls it that were allowed and still are being allowed um, last summer and this summer. For example, normally children have to consume the meals while they're on site. Well, now there is a waiver for what they call non-congregate um, feeding so that parents can come and pick up the meals for their children. Um, meals can be delivered to the homes of children. So a lot of different flexibilities are being allowed this year, all in the hopes that to make it easier for our sponsors to serve meals and easier for families to get access to those meals. So for those that say government cannot be flexible at the local, state, or federal level, here's a good example of where it can. Exactly. All right. So for more information on the Summer Food Service Program and becoming a sponsor, we really want to see more organizations join in and get involved. Visit the nutrition page on the DECAL website at decal.ga.gov, or you can email our SFSP team at sfsp at decal.ga.gov. That's sfsp at decal. .ga.gov. Well, Tamika and Cindy, thanks as always for being with us. Good luck with the virtual training and uh, let's bring on the sponsors uh, for this coming year. Thanks, Rich.
Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Edward Rao. I'm a community coordinator within the Quality Innovation and Partnership Division. I am here in the city of McDonough. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, how do you feel about DCAL offering grant opportunities to Georgia communities from the $11.2 million preschool development renewal grant? Well, Edward, that is a great question, and it's good to hear your voice since we don't get to see each other in the office uh, very often. Um, I love that we're able to offer these grant opportunities to local communities uh, to really develop their two-generation approaches to help uh, the family, the whole family, it being the child and the adult. And so um, we just announced um, a round of those grants to local communities, and I'm excited to see who applies and um, who we're able to award those grants to and the outcome of those grants. It's really important work um, to help families become self-sufficient, but you got to um, make sure you're providing what the child needs and what the adult needs. So it's really good to see what communities um, are doing. At the Time for the decal download quiz. Your chance to win a nice prize simply by correctly answering this question about today's podcast. Send your response to decal download at decal.ga.gov. We draw one name from all the correct answers and award the prize. Here's the question. What does SFSP stand for? What does SFSP stand for? Answer that correctly. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers. You will win a nice prize. And good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.